Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Roundtable Podcast, where we interview experts who tackle the tough topics and share strategies and techniques that will help you start, build, and grow your real estate investing business. And now your host, Rob the House Guy. Hello and welcome to the Real Estate Investors Roundtable, where we have Real investors are active in the market right now. They're raw and unfiltered. Now, normally we have a roundtable with more than one investor, but today we have a longtime friend of the show. We have Joanna Anderson back with us. Welcome, Joanna. Thank you. And she's all the way in from North Carolina, and she is with Remnant Real Estate Solutions. Today's episode is The Fortune is in the Follow-Up. And you might not have coined yourself with this, but it is known in the real estate circles that you are the queen of follow-up. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show to see if you could share some of your tips and tricks and some of your strategies that you use that maybe our viewers can also implement so they can start taking these leads that they're getting and turning them into dollars is what their whole goal is. Okay, I'm here for it. So as we talked before, everything's changed so much in this business. I mean, back to, we used to hang bandit signs and door knock and, you know, put flyers and door hangers out there. And you'd have a lot of direct contact with these sellers. So you start building that relationship from day one. Even if they're not selling to you now, they at least know you. They recognize you. In today's world, it seems like with artificial intelligence, which they're basically just compiling data and now marketing to these folks, they have no idea who you are. On the other end, how are you dealing with that, that first point of contact when either you're outbound calling or getting an inbound call and they don't know you and you don't know them? Hmm. Well, uh, that is interesting and times have certainly changed. So at that initial contact, you need to, need to make it known who you are. You need to instantly add credibility to yourself, to someone that has no idea you even exist. And so my virtual assistants do just that when they make those calls to uh, the leads. All right, now you've already started that we can start going down a rabbit hole. Your virtual assistants. Yes. I'm sure most people know what a virtual assistant is, but what is a virtual assistant? A virtual assistant is someone not in your office, um, maybe even on the other side of the world, that's doing work for you. And my virtual assistants are in the Philippines. And so they uh, call leads for me, they find leads for me, they put ads out, they run my social media, some of my social media for me, and uh, do a lot of clerical administrative work. I get the clerical administrative work, mm -hmm. but when you're saying they're doing outbound calls for you or handling inbound calls. So I um, take the time to hire the right virtual assistant. And so I wanna make sure one, that they speak proper English and that, um, they are clearly heard on the other end. So I do interview my virtual assistants. And in the Philippines, they speak English very well. I did uh, sniff out a virtual assistant one time when I had another investor calling me on something. And I ended up grabbing that virtual assistant's name and number of contact information. I was like, if things don't work, I'm going to follow up with you in six months. Because they were rock star. Because they went as far as going online and following our current situations in the Cleveland market. Like they're asking about the weather saying, wow, it looks like traffic's back up there in 71. I mean, they were like, you were, they were believable that it wasn't 3 a.m. across the globe, mm -hmm. but they were just like sitting in office somewhere five miles from you. Yeah. So I think that's really important to get that connection with your people. So starting out with the 
with the initial call and building some rapport right off the bat, it's very important to have one, a good English speaking person, mm -hmm. two, make them feel very comfortable and, and drop some credibility bombs mm -hmm. in there. I know that with um, these leads that are coming in, you know, shameless plug for RealFlow, mm -hmm. and you're a RealFlow user as well. Absolutely. And they have the AI. It's so important to have that system and process in place because it's kind of like an assembly line. If you look, watch the old Laverne and Shirley where, or no, it was, it was I Love Lucy, where the line's running so fast and they start eating all the candy and trying to do something because <laughs> they can't pack it fast enough. That is what lead pipes will do. If you don't have your systems in process, it is just going to spit fire these leads into you Absolutely. and you got to be able to handle them. Yes. So after you start building this rapport, I'm going to assume that every person that calls and say, I have a house worth a hundred, I'd like to get thirty or forty thousand for it. When can we sign a contract? <laughs> Does that happen very often? <laughs> no, that is the dream, but no, that's probably opposite of what happens. <laughs> right. Yeah, so um, but my virtual assistants are trained to run comps for me to determine what the after repair value is and what the current market value is based on other distressed properties that are selling in the area. Gotcha. So there are on the initial call, they're already diving in and getting all this data together for you. Yes. Are they making the initial offer to the seller saying, based on what you're telling me, you have an X amount of dollar house, or are they giving you this data and you're calling the people back? They give me the data of the sellers that are motivated to the criteria that I want. I always make the offer. You're making the offer. You're not leaving that up to the VAs. No. Okay. So we're to the point that it's your machine, your AI through lead pipes is just spitting out tons and tons of leads. Right. Your VA is sorting out the good from the bad. And now you're taking this and the good ones, you're getting more data and given to you and you're presenting the offer. So now if we were drawing a, on a whiteboard of a big flow chart here, it's either going to go to yes, I'm interested, or no, I'm not. There's also a maybe. <laughs> a maybe. Yes, there's a maybe. There's the yes, no, and maybe. Okay. So I'm assuming that your no and maybes have a certain follow-up sequence. That is correct. Can you dive into that for me and tell me what happens next? If I say, eh, I don't know. I mean, I have a house worth 100. You're telling me it's worth 65. I got to think about it. What happens next? Well, uh, the great thing about my company, we present ourselves as a real estate solutions company. So the there's not just one solution that, hey, I can buy your house at a deep discount. <laughs> there's also, I could list your house. There's okay. also, I could uh, help you find a buyer via wholesaling, where I still put it under contract, but I'm gonna find it still at a discount, maybe not at the deepest discount that that I was going to give you. Okay, and we're not going to go down that road mm -hmm. talking, but as an agent, that was something on another show I'd like to talk to you about. As an agent, you're talking about instead of listing and doing a net listing with a person, you're offering to just wholesale it for them. Yes. Very interesting. That's something that we definitely got to touch mm -hmm. base with on another show. So as you're giving them these options, a lot of times a confused mind will say no. Like, I understand what you're talking about because I'm in the industry. Mm -hmm. But how do you take Bob and Betty homeowner and explain all this to them? Are you spending all this time with them on the phone? 
I am. I am. So initially when my VAs find out how much they want for their property and they're going to go through a lead sheet that ask them four different ways of how much they want for this property <laughs> to get to really what they'll take for it. And then I'll follow up with them, go out and look at the property. And depending on the condition, that price is probably going to come down. Now, if they don't like my initial offer, the first goal is to get that property for myself to either rehab, keep it or keep as a rental. If they don't like that, then I come in with, okay, well, I understand that you don't um, like this and and here are the reasons why. Well, what if I could market this property for you as a realtor and list it at this price? Now, here are the downsides to it. Uh, you, There will be other people coming in to look at your property and you'll probably still need to negotiate on price some, uh, but you have to make yourself available. So. It's kind of me using my realtor status to say, hey, you probably don't want to go with the realtor. Take my offer instead. But if they do, then I'm still going to make money off of it, whether I list it myself or I refer it to another agent. Okay. So backing up to when your initial VA is taking this call, are they just writing notes down blindly during this point when they're talking to them or following a paper script? Or are they logged into your system and they're looking at as the person's talking to look at what they paid what they owe are they checking all of this out they are looking at all of those factors so they're already punched this into i'm assuming real flow at the mm -hmm. time and that's not even a shameless plug that's just what we use yeah, so it's absolutely <laughs> so they're looking at hit public records saying you paid this this is what you owe basing on how long ago you purchased it and so forth all right so the follow-up what does your follow-up actually look like if they're on the maybe or they're thinking well if i want to listen i don't want to do whatever are you following up emails, calls, text, direct mail, showing up at their house, smoke signals? What are you using? I use direct mail and phone calls and text messages or email if I have that information. I don't always have their email address. Sometimes they don't give it to me. And I'm not sure if their number is a mobile number or not. A lot of times we're talking to um, seasoned people, I'll say. <laughs> that have been seasoned mm -hmm. in life and maybe they still have that landline. Yes. And so you, obviously you cannot text to a landline. Correct. So I'm just imagining the influx of leads you get. I mean, if you have VAs working this, I mean, you're not getting one or two at a time. I mean, right. you are just getting them poured to you. How are you keeping up with, I got to call Joe back today, Sally back tomorrow, Mike back on Wednesday. How are you keeping up with all that? Yeah, so I, uh, we keep it updated on a spreadsheet and then we color code the spreadsheet based on urgency and based on uh, prices that they want versus what we will likely offer. So how hot the lead is, yeah. is based on this, the highlighted spreadsheet. But you're going back to old pencil and paper, writing it down, sitting there and going through this on a daily basis as a taskmaster. Uh, for the most part. Okay. And... The follow-up system, when you say direct mail, how quickly are you hitting with a direct mail after you speak with them? Everyone that is on the list is getting a piece of mail, whether we actually get them on the phone or not. So if, let's say, we have 800 leads, um, everybody's getting mail because everyone's number is not going to come up through skip tracing for, to call. Okay. So we hit them up with direct mail, we do the skip tracing and cold calling, and we also run Facebook ads that are targeted directly to those people. Let me pause you for a second on 
skip trace. Okay. What does that mean to our viewers? <laughs> so skip tracing is uh, you're pretty much stalking. Okay. <laughs> stalking using um, you know various systems that are out there like whitepages.com or True People Search or Spokio. There are plenty of companies out there. Some uh, more relevant than others, or more accurate than others. Do your research. Yes. Um, and you're going to I, we do a reverse address search. So we have where the tax bill is being sent. That's the address we're gonna use. And we see what phone numbers are tied to that address. And then uh, we call, see if we can find the owners. Based on 100 people that you're <laughs> plugging, and you don't have to mention what system you're using, mm -hmm. but based on 100 people that you're gonna plug in that reverse search, what percentage would you actually get a hold of the actual owner? Probably 30, 35%. About 35% of those people. Mm -hmm. Then a percentage of those are going to say pound salt versus let me think about it. Mm -hmm. What percentage would you say turn into a, I would say warm lead? Uh, 10. So 10% of those will turn into a warm lead. Mm -hmm. And then out of those, how many would you say turn into a deal? Probably another 10%. And there are 10% of the 10%. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're not letting any of these other people go yet. You're, they're on your radar now. Yes. So you're sending them a direct mail. Is there a time that you bring the phone back into it and call them again? I do not, unless they fell on the spreadsheet with the cold calling the first time. All right. If they told me no, I'm not gonna pester them. <laughs> you let them go completely? I let them go completely if they also said no to listing the property. And they said no to listing it as well. So right. if they say I no. have to get no's across the board for me to stop. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Gotcha. Hey, this is Andy from RealFlow. And our mission is to provide the tools and resources that people need to be a successful real estate investor. So as a listener of our podcast, we want to provide you each week with some of the tools you need on your journey. Check out the show notes to get this week's free gift. Happy investing. It seems to me like you could really have just a massive amount of follow-ups that after a couple of weeks of running this system, that you have a machine pushing out direct mails, pushing out phone calls. Do, is there a time that you hand it back over from you driving the bus and giving it back to somebody else saying, okay, let's get them back warmed up again before I get it? Or once you talk to them, you're their point of contact now? No, I'm, I stay as the point of contact. You stay as the point of contact. Once it's handed to you, you're not handing it back to anybody else. No. Okay. That's interesting. And I do, and that is because I'm hitting them from all angles. So the people that are seasoned in age, yes. I'm more likely going to get them with direct mail. I'm probably not gonna find them on Facebook, although I, I have before. And uh, I might get them with cold calling because they'll probably have a landline. When you talk about following up with Facebook, mm -hmm. I'm assuming that you're talking about creating a custom audience. Yes. Based off, are you using their telephone number to build the audience? No, I'm using the exact list. So uh, Lead Pipes Premium. I'm taking that same list and I'm exhausting the list with skip tracing, cold calling, direct mail, and targeted Facebook ads to the same people. The same people are getting messages from me different ways. All right, so clearly you have this whole follow-up thing down pat. I see why they're calling you the follow-up queen. Can you tell me a success story? 
of a time that the follow-up is what saved the day. It almost slipped through your fingers, and if it weren't for your systems and processes, that deal would have been gone, and I'd have bought it out from under you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there, there are a couple of times. So I got this one list that we started in December, and it's now uh, end of July. So I called um, the lady. She was she was interested in selling it, but she didn't have the keys to the property. She was um, elderly and hadn't been even in that state in a while, and the property was just sitting. However, she had security on the property because someone had broken in in the winter time and uh, kicked in some walls or something. But and someone else was going to wholesale the property, put a lockbox on it, and everything. But so she was. She wanted to sell it, but she didn't have any way for me to get into the property, to evaluate it. And that was probably in February when I talked to her and got that much information from her. And I was like, okay, well, let's see if she's been there and gotten the keys yet. So I called back in March, still no keys. I was like, okay, well, I could make you a blind offer without seeing it um, with no contingency, but you may not like my offer, but you have to take into effect into effect that I actually have not seen the property. I don't know the condition of it. And you also don't know the condition of it. She was like, okay. So um, she, I think she wanted 40,000 for it. I was like, well, I'll give you 20. She said, I'll take it. <laughs> wow. Did I say 20? I meant 10. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was immediately regretful. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then I put the property under contract. I had to mail it to her. She did not have email or facts, and um, she lived in South Carolina, which is probably three hours from me. So I was like, okay, I'll mail you the contract. She was uh, more savvy than I thought, though. She went through the contract. She was like, yeah, but this has an inspection contingency in it, and um, can you also pay the sellers my closing costs because that's not in here? I was like, sure thing. So uh, we did that. I was like, and also reading that contract that you have to give me the keys within three days. So she sends a contract back. I don't get the keys. Um, so what I did was I went there to look at the property and I got a locksmith to change the, change the locks mm -hmm. while I was there. I got into the property. It needed minimal work. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, <laughs> me and my blind offers, I should have offered 15. <laughs> this would have right. been a great steal. So I, I recently um, sold that property. I did a prehab on that one too. A prehab. Yeah. <laughs> so for the viewers at home, let's, I know in another episode we talked about prehabs. You might be the, the follow-up prehab queen now. We're going to have these keep adding all these titles to you. So how did you do, what, first of all, what is a prehab? So a prehab is where you buy a property and you clean it up. You're not doing any major renovations. You're just cleaning it up. You might clean the yard, clean out some of the stuff inside. Really, all I did was change the locks, and I took a few things out of the inside. You knocked the scary off of it. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> all right. Very good. And you sold this house, and what was the sales price on it? I sold it for $35,000. right. $35,000. Mm -hmm. right. Perfect. All right. So you made fifteen grand. minus your cleanup, and that worked out well. And, this, and quite honestly, when you tell this story... I'm like literally following along so closely because I have had so many of the exact same scenarios. Like literally right now I'm, I'm dealing with a seasoned person that might be in their 90s out of state. They have not been to this property in 10 years. Wow. In 10 years. The city wants to knock it down and cannot get her to make a decision to sell it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Like she just will not sign it. She's like, eh, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to sell it. Let me think about it. I was like, you don't really have, you have like a week to think about this at this point. Right. It's not me pressuring you, but you're going to have a vacant lot in a minute. But it's crazy because, you know, it's been 10 years since she's been there. So you really, for some people probably hearing, oh, you made 15 grand on an elderly person. You saved her life because yeah. really that was one weekend away of a break-in, a stolen furnace, a fire. Many things could have happened. Absolutely. In that time. That's an amazing, amazing story. I can tell you that these, um, in the follow-ups like this, you start getting you almost make become friends with some of these people. There's people that didn't end up buying their properties, but you've talked to them so many times and and you're following up and you're asking about how their kids' baseball games went and how their trip to Hawaii went or whatever mm-hmm. it was. You get to know these people, yeah. which would be a takeaway point. If I was going to say this is a write or downer takeaway point, people do business with people that they know, they like, and they trust. And I know I mentioned your company on here, the Remnants Property or Real Estate Solutions. And a lot of people get very hung up on the name of their company. And that was kind of old school, I think, back in the 60s and 70s. A lot of people really wanted to be had the big corporate image. And I believe that today's society is feeling they're, they're tired of the press one, press two, press three, never getting the same person. How do you feel that building relationships has helped you get more deals done? Oh my goodness. Uh, Tremendously. I I have a relationship with the county where they send me deals now. They send me properties that that are on the condemned list or they have a lot of code violation. They're like, hey, it's just me and one other company that they call. They're like, hey, are you available to take a look at this property? We're trying to help this seller. Uh, well, this homeowner, because they have to move. We're taking them to court and you know we don't want them to lose everything. And they know that I'm solutions driven, uh, but more, more, even more than that, I'm people focused. Um, I have relationships with my private money lenders. You know, I send them updates of what's going on at the properties. I do a kind of a video diary on my YouTube channel of the properties that I do. And so when I'm talking to a seller, I know that there's a distrust in the beginning. So what I do is I'll send them to my YouTube channel. You know, if, if they have that capability, I was like, here's a, a little bit about me. I'll send in a text. Here's a little bit about me um, so you can see then I do what I say I do. And just recently I got a property under contract because of that. She had a lot of investors coming at her and an offer higher than mine. And so I was like, I know you're meeting with, with that investor at two o'clock. Um, let's meet at 12. I just really like to meet you. And she was going through a really hard time. She'd been in a car accident and they thought she was dead at the scene. Um, this particular house, she's a hoarder. It's filled to the brim with stuff and the outside's filled with stuff and she's been pretty much homeless. So I was like, you know what, I'll pick you up from the hospital. She was having therapy that day and really didn't have anywhere to go. So I was like, I'll pick you up from the hospital and uh, we'll grab a bite to eat and we'll talk about your your property and your situation. She, by the time I got to her, she'd already watched my YouTube channel and she knew about my daughter because my daughter's in the, in some of the videos and she felt like she knew me personally. And she's like, you know what? I really trust you. I'm going to go ahead and sign this contract with you. 
I have read between the lines and now I've figured out your secret. You get so wrapped up in their lives. If you don't buy their house, you just know they're going to will it to you. You're that you're that close to them. You're like, I'm sorry, your kids got cut out of the will because I visited you in the hospital. They didn't. <laughs> so there's your writer down takeaway is you hang out with seasoned people, get them to love you and then hand you to the will. <laughs> so, I would say okay. uh, it's also coming from a genuine place. I'm not doing those things just exactly. to get the contracts on. I really do care about people you know and if they choose not to go with me i still want them to be okay there is a, a seller uh he had inherited a house and a car and did nothing with it the the house had so many code violations on it and he wanted to sell it he didn't even have a way to get to work daily because uh -huh. the car had also just gone to waste he had no idea what to do with this inheritance and he'd probably been living in that house five years since his mom passed and it was a wreck it was a wreck and he had to live there. And so I did put that property under contract, but right before we were getting ready to close, his dad came in and he said, I don't want Patrick to lose this house. Um, what will it take for you to release that contract? And so I gave him a small number. He said, okay. And, uh, and I released the contract and I still followed up with him. And I met with him and his dad and his aunt at the property. And uh, we were talking about how he inherited the property and how that property just became uh, so emotional for him. Like it was his tie to his mom. Yep. And he didn't see how um, keeping that property was honoring his mom because he wasn't keeping it in the right way. And so we had a, we had a conversation between the four of us uh, because he also felt ganged up from his, his relatives. And so I was kind of the mediator in there. And it was a house I could have rehabbed and made probably 50,000 on. But putting people first is always gonna work better. 100% agree. And I can tell you story after story that I've done that. I talked myself out of a deal last week to tell the people to keep the house and work out a deal with their bank. So, all right, well, it has been absolutely amazing having you on the show again. That's I can tell why you're a longtime friend of the show because you bring so much knowledge and so many tidbits and information bombs for people to write down. And you've been watching the Real Estate Investors Roundtable. I'm your host, Rob the House Guy. And remember, nothing works unless you do. This episode is brought to you by RealFlow, the smart way to invest in real estate. All the tools you need to automate lead generation and marketing. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to leave us a review and subscribe.